Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Diving Into Crypto. This is JP from Adlunum INC bringing you everything about Web3. On this show today, we have a special guest who is going to show us a spotlight into a location that most of us have not associated with crypto. But today, uh, we're going to get a, a complete idea about the landscape and what is happening on the African continent when it comes to crypto. So I hope that excites you. Before we begin, of course, ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you a few hygiene announcements. The first one is all views expressed on this program belong to that of the speaker and uh, is meant for education purposes only, not to be considered as financial advice. That being said, put your hands together, give us a reaction and a loud cheer as we welcome uh, the founder of Chain Africa, Allcoin Daddy. Allcoin Daddy, say hi. Oh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. How's everyone doing here? Hi, hi, hi. Really pumped to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here and agreeing to be here. Uh, and especially being in a position to, to talk about this. Um, you know, so uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself more in depth, but our speaker today is a financial market trader, a blockchain developer, and is, of course, the founder of Chain Freak. If you don't know what it's about, Chain Freak is a community of blockchain enthusiasts dedicated to promoting blockchain and Web3 adoption in Africa. Um, so, um, once again, uh, Allcoin Daddy, I'm going to ask you uh, to briefly introduce yourself, and then we can get started. Go for it. Okay. Um... So, um, good afternoon, everyone. Good evening. Good morning. Which proper world where you're connecting from? Uh, I want to say a very big thank you to the organizer of this um, Twitter space. Like, out of the little I know, for giving me the opportunity to actually share the little I know. So, it's actually um, a great and a wonderful privilege to be here. And I'm really, really happy and so excited to be in your midst this afternoon because it's, it's afternoon over here. All right, uh, I'll start by saying um, my name is Carlo Afia, popularly known as Oitcoin Daddy. I'm a financial market trader, a blockchain developer, a community founder, and um, whichever thing you can actually think of. Maybe as the space goes on, you'll get like answer more questions and the rest. Awesome. Great. Okay. So I think the question that, that's there for most of us is, uh, you know, what got you into Web3? I mean, what was that moment at which you thought Web3 is the space to be for me? Okay. Um, before now, I was a Web2 developer, I understand, building solutions, um, we, um, some specific programming languages, you understand? So, and um, then I was just building mobile apps and web apps. So I got to know about crypto. I think I got to know about crypto around 2018. 2018, mm -hmm. but I became I became very serious around 2019. Although 2019, I was already trading forex and um, the rest of them. So I've always been more of a trader. But when I saw there was more opportunity in the space, then I decided to start trading crypto and all of that. Then started doing technical analysis and how I was growing. So it got to a point to me. I discovered that a whole lot of people actually. We know about Bitcoin, right? We we know what Bitcoin is used for. Uh, sorry, we know what Bitcoin is, but we don't know what Bitcoin is used for. So, and um, for you to know what Bitcoin is used for, you really need to know more about blockchain, right? And um, not only knowing about blockchain, but you need to understand the blockchain infrastructures, what you can really do with blockchain. So it was at that point I started making research about blockchain. That was when I found out the original definition of a blockchain. I told most of my fans that the blockchain was just a storage device, even if it was more than a storage device, but to break it down for a layman, like it's a storage device in which you can store a whole lot of information, you understand. So somebody thought about it and said, oh, since this is a storage device, let me deposit Bitcoin on it and today we have Bitcoin and a whole lot of people also thought about it since it's a storage device let's start depositing artworks and the rest today we have NFTs a lot of people thought about it as well 
talk about game today we have blockchain games and the rest of them so now nah, but those things actually you can't just start doing them without knowing um where to start from so mm-hmm. it was at it was at that point that i was like okay let me see that web web 2 was not really different from web 3 you understand so you don't need to start learning a whole new lot of concept a whole new lot of stuff for you to get into web 3 right you just need to have a shift i call it a shift so you just need to start thinking yeah. towards the blockchain area so if you're already writing code in web 2 if you're already writing code in web 2 you can actually transition that was when i got to find out that if you're if you're already writing Python, if you're already writing code in Python, you can actually build for the Algorand blockchain. If you're writing in Rust, you can also build for the Solana blockchain. So that was when we started making movements, started pushing for blockchain for Web2 developers to transition themselves. Like the skill you have already in Web2, just bring it to Web3 and see how it's going to function. So that was how I found myself there. And I found out like, okay, you talking to your friends alone or people who are around you, you cannot really get to the stage where you want to be to. You can't, you can't do this on your own. So that was when we decided to, um, decided to build Chain Africa, like starting with the African people, telling them, okay, this is how it is. You can always leverage this and that. So, and since then, it has always been cool. We've been doing mm-hmm. very well, been doing so fine. So that was how I found myself into Web3. Okay. I, I, I like the fact that you, you focused on the simplicity uh, and also touched a little about how that, from a user perspective, the utility is almost the same, whether it's Web2 or Web3. But as a developer, then you begin to understand that it's just a nudge and you can you can make that shift from, from you know, from a Web2 mindset to a web three mindset when it comes to developing for web three as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just it. That's just it. Awesome. Okay. But that that being said, I mean I understand that you you got into the journey that way and that's what you what you shared with us. But I I'm really curious to understand what gets you passionate about Web3. And when I say Web3, of course, that includes maybe the the development, it may be crypto, uh, you know, the, the entire spectrum. What gets you passionate about Web3? Okay, for me, right. For me, right from time, right from time, um, it has always been technology for me. Even if I read um, politics and administration in school, you understand, so I've always um, wanted to, like, look for a way to make an impact, right? So... And um, I always have this mass- massive shift or this um, this curiosity in me that, okay, I think um, mm-hmm. when people start talking about a new technology, it's always good. You go check it out for yourself. And so that when people are seeing, like when people are talking about it, you don't just start looking. You still have a whole lot of things to contribute. That's why even before I became a web two developer, I already know how about so many programming language functions, if not more than ten. I know what you can do with mm-hmm. them. I know what you can actually do. Know most of the syntax and the rest of. So it was like that for me, Web three. But when I actually got to see, oh, there is more to blockchain, I was like, okay, let me just remain here and see what I can actually do for myself and see what. I can do for my community. And so far, so good. The journey has actually been good. That is just one thing that has kept me there. Building new stuff, discovering new stuff every day and um, making changes in the community as well. Not only building stuff, but building things that can actually solve people's problems, right? That's why sometimes we get to see some products. They're only community-driven, right? But without, without, without solving a, a specific problem, you get so to me yeah. you discover a problem then you get to build a solution that will solve that particular problem so to me it's just all about building solutions that will solve mm-hmm. real life problems so that's how it has been and that's what i've been working on so far so good okay all right okay so it's really just about about that that practical solution that that solves a life problem as you've said and that's that's one of the key aspects that's that's what makes you passionate about web3 yeah, 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 definitely. 
All right. So I'm I'm curious to understand. Then you know, do you do you find more people um, uh, around you sharing that same kind of passion? Because as an advocate, right, for for Web three on you know uh, certainly a large large landscape. Um, how how is that? How is paint us a picture of what that looks like from your eyes? Well, do, I'm looking at the kind of environment where I'm from. I'm from Africa, right? And um, mm-hmm. sometimes you get to see most Africans are not really interested in development, right? They're not really interested mm-hmm. in development. Some of us, we just, we just want to trade um. We just want to trade the cryptocurrency, you understand, which is just one product of the blockchain, right? We just want to flip, make money and all of that. So you get to see, yeah, in a in a long run, you get to see a whole lot of people losing money and all of that, and they get to complain. Reason being that they don't have a clear knowledge or they don't really understand what the blockchain is all about. So to me, I try to like talk to key traders, you understand. We've been trading for years, you understand? We know how to buy and sell. Why not just let's do a particular thing? Let's just have one common goal, which is we can always drive um, traders to become more holders if what this particular person is building makes a whole lot of sense, right? Thereby mm-hmm. making us to reduce a whole lot of dumb. Like people, if you have faith in what you're building, if you have faith in what you're holding, just like it, for example, I'm not promoting any product, right? So if you actually get to look at the whole um, ETA ecosystem, you get to find out that you can do a whole lot of things there. you understand? And in the, wrong, in the long run, people are going to pay gas fees and all of that. People are still going to deploy smart contract on the ETH blockchain. So you understand, right. oh, this particular stuff have potential. So what I do, I just talk to mm. people around me. Okay, let's keep you while while i'm spreading this particular blockchain gospel in my community you also take part of this gospel out there talk to people and so far so good that is how we've been able to build a very large community so just tell a friend to tell a friend that the narrative is changing this is not what it is anymore we have a new stuff on ground that is that is how it has been so far Wow, that, that that seems interesting, and I, I I can totally relate to the pain of having to start a, a community from the ground up. You know, having to deal with the first aspect of awareness, then education, then the handholding, uh, and then you know developing champions and going on. Uh, but before we we dive a little more into that, I would really like to uh, get an understanding. If you were to put uh, to describe the vibe of this community in 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 Africa, of the groups that you are, uh, you know, you advocate with the people that you you interact with, what would you say that vibe is like? Would you say that it's you know there's a lot of interest, there's you know still a long way to go? How would you describe it? Okay, um, let me just like, tell you a little story how this community was found, and. Um, sure. Then I'll tell you about the vibe, how we relate to the African people. At first, um, setting up the community was not actually a huge challenge for me because um, actually, uh, I've served Binance as a campus ambassador. I've also worked for Binance Matching as a community manager. I've worked for Diagon. So I've actually worked for plenty of projects, right? So setting up a community was not the problem. But the problem, managing the people was not a problem to me. But the problem was right. like, okay, you we you have a common vision, right? Like we have a common goal. We all mm-hmm. like we are looking out for that, which is crypto adoption in Africa. And um this crypto adoption is channeled towards just trading. And um you are bringing a whole lot of new vision, which is you want to make people see the blockchain in a different way, maybe trying to grow a group of programmers, maybe try to grow a group of content writers in the blockchain space. So it was not an easy one, like trying to convey that message to people. You understand? So I had to look for a way to actually do that. So first of all, we started by writing articles on Medium. You understand? By writing articles, talking to people about right. crypto as well. And people were picking interest. Just tell them, okay, why not go check out this article about smart contracts? You understand? So when they go there, like, oh, this article is actually making sense. I don't really understand this part. Be like, this is what you just need to do. 
so along the line people started saying okay people started telling people if you actually need a community that talks about blockchain development whichever thing you want to do in the blockchain space i think you should check out chain africa these guys are writing amazing stuff on medium and then uh, we also hold on um, twitter spaces um every weekend to tell people okay this is what we've been doing so far this is how we've gone sometimes we invite projects to come tell us about what they are building how they built it so people get to pick interest so whenever i want to do a new store people are always on their toe like oh wow these guys are actually good like um i think uh, we need to go check out what they are doing so everyone is always excited when it comes to this development store reason being that it's not rare right it's very rare yeah it's very rare for you to see a whole lot of people talking about development like they don't talk about trading so that was how people picked interest and uh, okay. even if we try to like organize a whole lot of stuff they will always come because if you oh, one or two things would be learned so so far so good something that is actually different from yeah. what other people are preaching so yeah. that's just the vibe people are buying the idea people like the idea and the rest of them okay so so the so there is an amount of interest and you can see that that community is growing you know obviously with your background you you've been able to to gauge that nurture that and develop that into something that uh we'll be hopeful is going to is going to you know spread uh much faster much larger there right in in the continent definitely definitely okay all right great so um when it comes to when it comes to rallying uh you know rallying people around to make a community uh and uh, i think this may be a, a great question considering that you you have a background being a community manager as well uh to make a strong community right to to get people that are committed and i i, I like that you you referenced it to to say that you know okay uh think of it as you, you take this gospel and spread it in in the term that you mean um what would what would a strong community you know or rather what do those strong champions uh those strong leaders who will advocate the com- community further right what does that look like to you well to me it's actually a very big challenge right but mm-hmm. it's something you can always conquer if you know how to play your game right yes. you understand mm-hmm. so the thing is this actually how i like how i dealt with that particular challenge i was not actually looking for a whole group of people right to me uh it's just all about positive results right if i have um <laughs> let's see if i have um about five people out of 100 who are okay with my vision and they are good to work with me it's okay by me fine you understand because they understand they know what to do at the right time so first of all i needed to get people around me like people who also have um knowledge about what i'm doing telling them to handle a specific role for me because i can't do that like i can't do everything so first of all i had to like get people around me who could do one or two stuffs for me from now around who could talk to people about this stuff so i make sure when i get these people if they are up to 10 or 5 just look for the right. people who are showing commitment and i have to work with them dedicate functions and duties to them they know what to do when i'm not around so now it's more easier when you know around mm-hmm. they keep the community moving so it's more easier when you have 10 people who are directly in contact with you they can always talk to five people outside and if they are talking right. to five people they can convince one one to come and join so if you see when you go around you might actually see okay like mm. six or seven people are already interested in what you're doing and they always want to come and join you so first of all to me i think what everyone should be looking out for if you want to have a successful community or if you have any challenge in managing your community just for you to like build up people around you people who have same mind people mm-hmm. have interest in what you're doing people who can always push your vision for you even if you're not around and um get to see how you can marry the host of just give them functions and definitely the community start growing like that okay So this this does seem to be an, an an interesting journey you've you've undertaken because not many people would you know would I mean people would often just talk to the people around them right but you're in a unique position where you you've had the experience before 
this is something you're doing on the ground at this point. And I'm, I'd really like to know, and I'm certain our listeners would as well, is, you know, when you are doing this, right, while you're in your outreach, uh, what are some of the unique things that, that you find have been successful? Uh, and also, you know, are there some stories you'd like to share, share with us about that journey? Uh, they could be successful ones. It could be ones that didn't go as planned. And, you know, feel free to share that. Okay, right, right. Actually, very cool. Interesting, interesting one. You know, I think this would be the second time I'm actually sharing the story about China Africa, right, to a whole number of people. Now, some persons will ask me, um, do you make money from China Africa? The answer is no. Do you like what you're doing? The answer is yes. Get, yeah. uh, so sometimes people be like, okay, you spend personal money in getting graphics, talking to people. Sometimes when people call you to come and speak in an event, you pay your way through there and just go to talk and come back. Like, yeah. what's all this stuff? I was like, okay, majorly, I've actually been working for people. You get? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Right from the time uh, I was on Web2, I've been working for people, helping people build their businesses and all of that you understand but um, yeah. I'm not this kind of person who I don't like being controlled because I don't control people and mm-hmm. I don't like working for people and I don't like people working for me people only work with me so I was like yeah. okay cool if I if I don't want all these things and all of that I think the last job I did was with Binance Matching so I was like mm-hmm. okay um let me just look for a way and start up a community since I have this queue. Instead of going back to trading and just staying there, let me just get something to keep me busy before mm-hmm. before getting a, a very cool position if yeah. I want to work again. So, um, China Africa was just more like um, a, a, a group of friends coming together to say, okay, let's just have this, come on, go and push and all of that. And so far, so good. The journey has been amazing, but very challenging, right? Because at first, even sometimes, the first time we held our Twitter spaces, uh, we actually had five, um, five people on that call. Do you understand? So it mm-hmm. was very discouraging. And sometimes mm-hmm. um, when we get to write articles, people don't get to read. It's still very challenging. Mm-hmm. And at the point, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let me just put this whole stuff behind, let me focus on my trading career because I see, okay, instead of putting more time in this stuff, let me just be trading. But it was one funny thing. People never knew me as a trader, even if I was actively trading then. They just know me as this, um, this Web3 guys who talks about technology. I, I don't really share, I don't really share about, I don't really share chat, you understand? But even, mm-hmm. even if I've trained a whole lot of people in trading, I don't share chat. I don't talk about trading like that. So I was like, okay, wow. Going back to trading and mm-hmm. allowing this community to die, actually be a very big problem yeah. because definitely I will actually come back to beauty. And China Freak is never one of, it's not the only brand I've founded before. You understand? Mm-hmm. I've had other brands like how I trade when I was trading. I've had some other Web2 brand like that help people to, build our um, web two apps so maybe you don't really know how to program but you do the business of programming mm-hmm. so then i saw it was not profitable i just had to like shut down but this particular mm-hmm. one so far so good and that sometimes i get like sometimes i don't even have the interest to do anything like i don't have interest to do anything so it's always challenging but sometimes when i look at my progress so far so good i like to just smile mm-hmm. Actually, that's why I say that's been an amazing journey. It has been a challenging one because our point, you just need to fix your team right. At the point, you just need to see, okay, no one is connecting anymore. At the point, you just need to sit down and say, okay, which other approach do you want to take to make people do this? So it, every day, it's all about yeah. thinking, thinking for me to see, oh, this community is successful. Well, I know we, we're not here where we want to be, but we are no longer where we used to be because we're growing and uh, we're getting some international recognition and all of that. So mm-hmm. that is just it. That is just it. So and even in the aspect of funding, I make sure I use my personal money to fund the community wow. and uh, see how it's going. Well, well, so. well. Hats off to you for that because that 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 certainly is commitment. 
it it takes a lot to be to be committed to a cause uh it, you know it's it becomes easier of course if if you have funding but to, to self fund it just for the passion of doing it hats off to you yeah sure sure that's just it <laughs> yeah, no seriously hats off to you it, it's not easy to build a community and and to do it to do it by yourself you know uh to to outreach like that really this is this is something admirable uh i i'm i'm curious though again um as as you as you are outreaching to to people across uh across the continent right um do you find that there there is more um that the outreach is easier if you use an online medium or is it more about you know if you go to those spaces you are able to 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 reach out to people better what what works for you through your outreach across the continent Okay, what well, really works for me? Definitely, I won't lie to you. Everyone will always know that. Um, to yourself, you know that. Um, physical meeting is always very interesting, right? Because when you actually speak, like me, for instance, when I'm being invited for seminars and I get to talk to my audience face to face, there is this kind of con- connection you have, and there is this kind of conviction they have in you. Oh, this guy is actually telling us the right thing that when you come online and see a whole lot of stuff you understand well the thing is this yeah. you when you meet your when you meet your audience face to face you communicate very well right they get to feel you you're there even if you're showing them one thing they get to understand because me i'm not this kind of person i don't really learn online right so mm-hmm. if i want to do something either i pay someone i sit down with yeah. you show me that stuff i will understand better than when i say let me take online courses so I feel so it's the same for majority of people why some persons can always get what they want online so but yeah. one of the reasons why we just needed to run this community online and get to host everything online one is fund right don't really have the right funding mm-hmm. so it's not as if we don't know the right thing to do but we do but it's just that funding has actually been a major problem so that's why we make use of online stuff to handle the whole community mm-hmm. but offline physical yeah. meetings and the rest of them it's very very effective because i've actually been in so many um, seminars conferences and the love i get there i feel so much loved right because the people there are seeing me and they can relate to the story so i do prefer offline meetings to online meeting but sometimes you can't just change in the narrative you just have to like stick to this particular one because of so many problems and the rest of them so that's just it okay that's it's interesting it's interesting that you 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 mentioned that that is um that that, that has been the the specific point but okay so but uh, i can i can i can understand that um so let's let's look at let's shift gears a little all right uh, i'm also would like to uh get a clearer picture now about the landscape because we we talked about if i use economic terms right we we've talked about the uh, the supply uh let's shift focus to a little about what's happening with the demand when i say the demand i'm talking about specifically the appetite for for development for blockchain or even crypto right when it comes okay. across the continent yeah uh what what are you what are you seeing while you're on the ground there are you seeing people take an interest are, are you seeing these stories where people's lives are being changed i know that for example you know uh, crypto banter that team is based out of out, out of south africa they are also uh, advocates in that sense um but uh, what i'm what i'm what i really want to get my uh, get a perspective on is what is the the person on the ground there thinking when it comes to crypto what are you seeing when that happens okay well some hard to see um africans we are yet to start and more is yet to come right because um mm-hmm. we have a whole lot of people who are hungry for the blockchain technology right so okay. it's just as if the light is beginning to shine or the light is already shining on africans because when we get to talk about crypto and uh everyone is always speaking interest it's just like um yeah. yesterday i was walking and a whole lot of guys they were just walking on the road talking about and someone just said oh look at that guy is into nfts and all of that so you can actually mm-hmm. see the message even someone on the street is getting the message right so i feel yeah. 
what is really on ground right now is everybody is becoming interesting. I'm um, sorry, interested. Like everyone wants to see, oh, this thing actually works, right? Let's see how we can leverage this opportunity because it's all about opportunity leveraging and it's all about interest. So we, if let's say we have 100% of people in Africa, I can boldly beat my chest and tell you that more than 85% is already interested in blockchain development but, and crypto. But the problem is this. Now, sometimes they don't get like, there are people who will lead them right. But if it's for interest, the interest is already there. People are picking interest. People want to know more. People want to know how this, this, um, this technology functions, how this technology functions and how they can actually leverage on it. So I think that's actually right. been a very, a very nice one for us so far in Africa because everyone is picking interest. Okay. Oh, good. So, so we, we are seeing that, that activity that's bubbling and appetite that's bubbling for people to get into to, to get into crypto and the adoption is is getting stronger. Uh, on that same note, I, I really want to understand, you know, is there is there more of an appetite for uh, NFTs or is it more of an appetite for for trading in that sense? What what do you see? Okay, so far so good, like over the years. And um mm-hmm. I see I see more trade um, traders emerging, right? Like we have more traders. People want like make money. But since um we started pushing for blockchain adoption, no longer cryptocurrency adoption, because both of them are two different things. You get yes. both of them are two different things if you understand me. Now mm-hmm. I see people people now people are having a shift looking towards okay, what does the blockchain technology actually hold? And um when we had um NFTs booming um early last year, because mm-hmm. it has always been one thing for me. Then yeah. when everybody they're talking about NFTs on OpenSea and all of that, the big question I usually ask is this, what is this particular stuff used for? You understand? Yeah. Because I was always interested in use cases. To get mm-hmm. a point, I was always interested in use cases. So if yeah. I say you just get to buy and all of a sudden floor price bombs, people get to sell and all of that, I tell them, okay, this does not really give a clear understanding or this does not really fulfill the vision of NFTs. I think we should actually be doing stuff that have uh, more use cases. And people thought I was joking. So at this point, you get to see a whole lot of people having more JPEGs, more GIFs, and uh, a whole lot of stuff on the wallet. And they don't know what to do with it. Floor price has disappeared. They don't get... so. Right now, it's not even only pushing for the adoption, but we just tell people, okay, even if you are pushing for these things, make sure you preach about use cases so that we can always limit the issues of so many things coming up in the space, issues of rocks, scams, and the rest of So, you know, just pushing anybody to buy anything. You're not just building shit coins out there, but build something Mm -hmm. with a reasonable use case. So that is how it has been. And um, so for so good, we getting people who are responding, getting people who want to say, okay, just like when somebody bring a particular stuff to me and say, I want to build this stuff. I ask them, what, which solution do you want to solve? Uh, which solution do you want to bring? What kind of problem do you want to solve? And sometimes they'll yeah. be like, oh, I've not thought about it this year. I'll be like, okay, go back, think about it. Because <laughs> that is what, <laughs> that's what will make people to buy into your product, right? So even if, yeah. These days, we're no longer interested in just buying things to flip. We're just interested in, oh, if this particular stuff goes down, just let's say, for instance, NFTs that you can actually use to play games. If uh, mm-hmm. the floor price goes down, you can still enjoy the game. It's useful. But not yeah. the one, if you can't meet up your price, then it mm-hmm. just has to be there in your wallet and it's not really making sense at all. So it's not only adoption you're preaching for, but just stuff that's actually very cool and nice with nice use cases and the rest of them. Makes sense. Okay. All right. That that actually leads my my train of thought into uh, two tracks, basically, right? So the, so there's there's effective two tracks, but three questions, right? Uh, and, okay. and don't give me just one answer. <laughs> okay. Uh, All so, right. Um, given given that you 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 have the interest for people to to have, uh, you know blockchain as a technology coming into 
logistics, uh, healthcare. Uh, do, do you see that that happening across the board? Um, you were actually breaking, so I did not get the question. Please, can you just recap? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so so the the first part, the first question that I have to ask is blockchain for mainstream businesses, from administration okay. to healthcare to logistics. Uh, are you seeing that demand, at least if not adoption? Are you seeing that demand coming out of Africa? Yeah, definitely yes, and I will tell you the reason why I say yes. You understand? Because um, um, I actually did a program with Algorand some time mm-hmm. ago, or and uh, I think people who organized that program was uh, they were called Blockbeam, okay. actually um one community like that. So, and um, I got to see that most people who were in that program they were all. Most of them were Africans, right? And um, when you get to discuss with people and tell them, okay, what actually brought you to this program? Like, why are you here? Some of them say, okay, they actually have this passion to build some certain stuff. And I had a guy who was working on something for this thing, um, uh, I think uh, environmental pollution. And... When he wrote his business model, when he wrote his yeah. business model, he was like actually advocating for a kind of um, this thing. So instead of people burning plastics, now people get to have um, a plastic collection centers in which the money, which in which the money is going to get for funding, is going to be in that mm-hmm. in those centers. So when you use your plastic, you just get to bring them to that centers, then you get funded. Now this plastic should be returned to be returned back to the industry for recycling mm-hmm. instead of you just burning them and throwing them into the sea, thereby helping to control environmental pollution. And so since the reward mechanism is actually going to be a problem, you now have to use the blockchain technology to build a smart contract and have a kind of escrow system that will be able to reward you for how many bottles you bring back. So that is a way of um, controlling um, environmental issues. And I also had somebody who, who was working on healthcare sector. He was like, okay, that sometimes um, you get to have a whole lot of people who have some kind of yeah. diseases, but it's actually very difficult for them to speak out because they are, they are very scared of stigmas, like people trying to say, oh, maybe like say somebody have HIV, It'd be like, oh, yeah. you have this kind of stuff and um, people get to avoid them or have issues with them. Like, yeah, he needed to build a kind of, um, like, say, I don't really know how to explain what he said, but with the whole explanation, it was like more of people who just come into the system. Now you just have to have a kind of healthcare system whereby people can just connect their wallet addresses without being KYC, yeah. they can actually tell you their problem. So it's more mm-hmm. like the data is not being leaked, right? Because you don't know this person. The person is trusting you because of that connection you guys have with just that wallet address. The person is trusting you and telling you, oh, I have this kind of diseases and this is what I want to get. And person might easily get counseling. So he was like, okay, if you actually get money, if you actually get funding, that most of those monies will actually be used to get drugs for those patients and um, like get to treat them very well. So you see, even in the transport sector, I actually had a guy who was working on something, even if I was part of that team, we're like, okay, you get to see some persons drive, they drive for hours. Like, why not let's just yeah. have this kind of ride-sharing system whereby yeah. we get to incentivize drivers, right? So... You don't only drive because you've been paid to drive, but you drive because it'll be fun to drive. Let's say you are in this part of location, um, you're in this part of the city, and you can cover this particular distance in this location. So there should be a way of rewarding those men for covering those distances, thereby making riding to be very, very cool. And I see a whole lot of guys working on something about agriculture and the rest of and so amazing a whole lot of people are coming into the system even education 
but you have some educational dials which say, okay, whichever thing you want to learn, we can provide the resources for you. You understand? You won't just pay attention, connect to our platform and do a whole lot of things. And it will interest you to know that most people who are actually building this stuff, they are not white guys, but these are African guys. Do you understand? So I feel it's actually very cool because people are now waking up, even in the banking sector, people are waking up to do a lot of amazing stuff. You can actually get to check that most of um, the crypto payment gateways we have, if you check yeah. very well, most of them have been owned by Africans, right? Because if right. you or this cross-border payment stuff is something that should actually be, be achieved, right? So yeah. that is just that. And for you to do that, you need a blockchain technology to do all of that. So if you, everyone is queuing in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes, so okay, that's so just that. that. makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so you can see that there, there is, there are enough of use cases for blockchain adoption as a technology to be to be Im implemented, introduced. Uh, there already, as you're saying, is uh, you know certain champions of the cause, so to speak, who who are able to do that. Great. So that 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 answers that answers part one of the question, right? Um, the second thing is, and uh, I find this I find this extremely fascinating. Uh, there are, of course, certain spaces in which uh, either the use of the use of crypto uh, may or may not be uh, acceptable, right? But uh, those those come in the way of uh, you know more adoption or more people taking an interest in trading, or are those just blind spots on the continent? Okay, um, when it comes to the um people not really accepting crypto in this part of the world. I actually feel um, there is no more education, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes um, I, there was this survey I carried out and there was this article I wrote then. I was telling people, don't mm -hmm. make this mistake by telling your community that the blockchain technology or the cryptocurrency is actually coming to overtake the traditional financial system. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Don't make that mistake. Because um, what, what is making you to say this is because you don't really understand that crypto is just a digital asset, not yet a currency. Because if yeah. it's a currency, you will not be experiencing the kind of volatility we are experiencing because real currencies don't appreciate. The only thing that look at see if it does not have value it's just um inflation so real currencies does not appreciate so i think you should just look for a way to preach um let there be a kind of relationship between the traditional financial institution and what we have right now and um you have to you have to do it by um providing educational content and reaching out to more people i also carried out i'm not that research i was like okay Let's say, for instance, in this part of the world, someone who doesn't know about crypto, maybe you want to buy land, and you tell the yeah. person, I'm going to give you one Bitcoin for your land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And definitely, to you, you know the worth of Bitcoin. You know that this Bitcoin is more than this land if you get to exchange it. But because the person mm -hmm. does not know what Bitcoin is, the person is going to say no to you. Yeah, The person won't accept that. The person will tell you no. So I feel it's not all about people not accepting it, but there is no much awareness for somebody to say, okay, you can do this with this. And um, what you actually have in your traditional banks and the rest of them, you can also carry out activities in um, mm -hmm. blockchain and the rest of So I feel more businesses should actually, people who know about this stuff should be, advocating for people to even pay for their services with cryptocurrency thereby uh, reducing this problem. It's just like um, the issue we had in Nigeria one time like that, that our banks were unable to process um, crypto payments for us. And people were like, crypto was banned in Nigeria. And I was like, no. <laughs> like It was not so. It's just that the gateway between these two things are no longer there. You get a point? Yeah. It's not banned. Like So you see now, a whole lot of people are preaching one message, but people are getting it differently. So I feel mm -hmm. if we all can preach one message, I think the adoption will be much. So everybody will be able to 
accept crypto right so let there not be a barrier since you have a way of converting it um there mm -hmm. is p2p there and the rest of them so since you have a way of converting it so i feel like local business people we even know about crypto should allow yeah. customers to pay for their services with cryptocurrency without even having to like you can just start doing that by putting a sign post on your store telling them okay we accept usdt we accept it we accept bitcoin and the rest of them and when somebody gets to ask you oh you say you accept this i don't even know what this is all about you can actually use that as an avenue to educate that person but i know that's yeah. a whole lot of work right that's a whole lot of work but that is just the only way if not they will always be people always see things in a different way so that's just it Hmm. That's that's extremely interesting, and I think that that's a fantastic strategy to be able to to uh, to get more people at least curious to to pique their interest about uh, not I mean to to pique their interest to increase adoption because I really wanted to understand I mean what is what would stop uh, you know mass scale adoption or if there were no roadblocks right how do you see that mass scale adoption happening across the continent if if there was a magic wand. You know, what do you what do you see would, would happen with that? Well, I feel um, it be it does come like um, like the speed of light, and uh, you just get to see that you just wake up one morning and everyone is talking about these things because in Africa we have this um, like the uh, telefriend telefriend kind of advert system. You understand? So I was even shocked one day that my friend told me the mom placed a trade on futures and yeah. she's asking she should, um, whether she should close the position or she should wait. And I was like, I don't understand. Who thought this woman had to trade? And this is a lady who is over 50. And he was like, he was trading one day and the woman saw him and said, I want to know this thing that you and your friend you're always talking about. And all yeah. of a sudden, everybody in the family knows about crypto. So I feel if there were no restrictions, if everybody could do their thing their own way, definitely, mm -hmm. it would be very, very fast. But there will be a problem. Because um, that mm -hmm. problem will, will have to do with uh, just scams and uh, mm -hmm. mismanagement and the rest of them. But if people were to like, go into this journey without restrictions and the rest of I feel there will be a whole lot of stuff. Because the shift will come like a speed of light, as I said earlier. As I said earlier, that desire to just come and before you know, everyone is talking about it. Even with the restrictions and all of that, people are still talking about it. So we'll talk more of when we say, okay, you can actually do this thing, just do it the way you like. Do it the way you like, keep moving. And you get to see people always speak interest. Okay. That makes that makes sense. I, I think I think that that we should we should wake up, uh, you know, at sooner than later to that that vision and to to make that a reality as early as possible across the continent. Uh, and you know, in whatever way shape we can, uh, I'm certain a show like this is able to to put more of a spotlight on that adoption. Yeah, sure, definitely. Okay. All right. Fingers crossed. So, um, or coin daddy, I, I have to ask you, uh, you know, you, you've told us about the landscape, told us about, uh, the, the journey you've told us about, uh, adoption, how it could impact industries. What would happen if people were able, it would travel at the speed of light, uh, if there were no roadblocks to, to, to crypto adoption, blockchain adoption, web three adoption across the continent. Right. But, yeah, the true. one thing that, that um, the one thing that that makes all this happen is people, and from within people, it 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 comes that there is a certain philosophy, or it you know it comes to the point at which there is a certain uh, drive that happens. So, curious to understand, um, what is your personal philosophy, and what is it that drives you? Okay, um, what really drives me in the space is this. Um, of I told you earlier. It's, it's 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 the technology right but um you know some persons will get to see this in a different way but at first when we're coming into the industry every one of us have this clear vision have this one vision that when i'm going into this industry i'm going to make money yeah sure understand it's always the money making aspect that makes people happy 
Right. Well, I don't know. Um, when you come and uh, you get to make this money, sometimes you get to lose this money. But if making money is only uh, is the only thing you have in mind coming into this space, you might not last long, right? Because you get to see a whole lot of challenges, just like what is going on right now. And uh, there are people who came into this space with the idea of making money, and they're not going to stay long. But I definitely go back. But for me, it's always the tech, right? Because I believe um, blockchain technology can actually be used to solve plenty problems you understand so it's just for you to discover these particular problems and know how you can build a particular solution for this thing and not even minding to know if the industry is making money or not because i feel when you have a nice use case you always get people coming to you to actually um, get what you're building and if there isn't it to solve a particular problem you know one thing we humans we don't mind so, so um, if this particular stuff is solving our problems, we definitely will always go to that particular thing. So to me, it's always the technology for me. I don't know about any other person, but when coming into this space, we all have one mindset to make money. But when we stay longer in the space, we get to change the narrative to see, oh, what can we do? And for me, that one thing that I can do is to know how the tech functions and how I can leverage on it. That's just it. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, cheers to that idea, uh, honestly, to be able to, to, to have that, uh, you know, the, the understanding to have more educated people in this space or to educate people more in that space. Hats off to you once again. Right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's, uh, here's a chance at which you can get to ask our speaker uh, questions. I'm going to open the floor for, for questions from the audience that is in the room. You can raise your hand or you can send in your question to adlunum.inc or the speaker directly. Um, right now, okay, I see that AM has already sent in, uh, sent in one question. Uh, and, okay, this is an interesting one. She says, all right, what are the future plans for Chain Africa? Okay, all right. Um, do you, this is this person actually. This, this is a very wonderful question that nobody ever asked me. You understand? This is a, this is a wonderful question that I've been expecting so far, but nobody ever actually asked me this question. All right, so mainly looking at this whole stuff for Chain Africa. Um, Chain Africa is more than it's more than a community, right? I I tempt Chain Africa to be a movement, you understand, movement of mm -hmm. of of intelligent black people, right? And uh, mm -hmm. in the long run, we have a whole lot of things in mind to build. And um, mm -hmm. one of those things is actually to like make everyone who is around us very sound, you understand, in terms of blockchain awareness. Like we have one yeah. vision we have where we are going to and you understand this particular stuff number one thing is education for us and um mm -hmm. the second thing is this um raising more people to get empowering mm -hmm. people because if i'm able to tell you the whole story i don't tell you the aspect of making money um mm -hmm. it becomes a problem right because mm -hmm. you'll feel like okay i'm not giving you the right guidance so now, sometimes we get to train content writers, graphic designers, and all of that. Not only doing that for them, but sourcing for job for them so that they can actually be independent. Let's say sometimes if I get job opportunities from project, I get to tell my volunteers to apply. So if they get mm -hmm. to, if they get to get these opportunities, they get to work and take care of themselves since there is no money to pay them salary. So you make sure you get a way for them to earn. Yeah. So everyone needs to have a skill that will enable them mm -hmm. earn. So um, this, that is the second thing is self-development. The, no, the other one was education. So second thing is self-development. Of course, is when you develop yourself in a particular skill, be it coding, be it writing, be it designing, you can always open for a job that will keep you going and aside that we actually have it in mind to build a whole lot of stuff definitely we are coming up with the chain africa blog 
um not only blog but a blog that will actually allow other writers because we write a lot a blog that will actually allow other writers to also patch their content and get their content future also so it's more like a big blog that oh everyone can sign up and start writing and in the long run we get to look for a way to monetize it and everyone who is contributing to that blog get to end because we actually looked at a way um in which on medium run their platform i get to see most of us we contribute our articles to medium right mm -hmm. uh we we help him to keep the ecosystem alive before we don't end and sometimes even when medium gets to bring the subscription plan for both readers and writers and the rest of them so it does not really work because you they didn't set a structure for that at the beginning we all we saw medium as an open source um for little bloggers that they can always pitch their ideas so you coming to monetize this stuff it will not really work that way so we've seen all of that to say okay we're going to have a very big blog where people can actually write and when we generate revenues we can always share with people so this will actually make more content writers be very serious and all of that and that's the third thing and fourthly we're coming up also with the chain africa lab the Chain Africa Lab will always be for both Web 2 and um, Web 3 applications because I also have some programmers I work with and developers I work with. So we're making the idea to look into kind of a way. So if you're needing someone who to build to build a Web 2 applications for you, we already have it. Mm -hmm. So you just come, we fix up your app for you. If you also have a you have a Web3 solution you need to build. We have people that will take care of it. So that is just, that's a way to grow the ecosystem and expand the movement. And um, in the long run also, we just have, um, we're planning to actually integrate a platform, okay, whereby we don't really need to go source for these jobs when this movement is very big, right? Um, we just need to have a place whereby, okay, projects can always drop stuff like, okay, we need people. We need so so people for this position. I think he can actually yeah. help us look for them. So we can always recommend people from our community and all of that. So that's actually a whole lot of stuff. We have a whole lot of roadmap and the rest of and some persons will always ask me, Are you guys coming up to build a token or something? I just say no for now because if you have a system that is a working, you don't really need all those stuff. So we get to like draw inspirations from other bigger platforms like um Coin Telegraph, Decrypt, um, Lunar Crush, and the rest of them to actually see, oh, this is how these platforms operate. And um even Coindex, you get to see, oh, mm -hmm. this is how these guys have actually been operating their community for a very long period of time and all of that. So that is just the simple roadmap. Well. Uh, th that certainly is that certainly is interesting, and and uh, I, I think you've you've quite spelled out uh, where this is going. And this is a shout out to you know the 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 community out there, the Chain Freak community out there uh, for for doing this out of their own passion. This twelve, they're twelve thousand strong. Like and follow them, people who are here in the room, and those that are going to hear this, uh, you know, later on. Uh, go ahead and and find out what's the pulse of Africa by following uh, Chain Freak. Okay. All right. All kind daddy. I got one more. I got one person who's, who's raised their hand to ask you a question. I believe that's Killeen. Uh, Killeen, go ahead. Hi. First of all, I would say I was really excited to know that you were going to be here because I lived in Africa, Botswana, for about eight years. But I noticed that up to today, there's still quite a lot of people who are still, you know, like scared and uh, still feel like the whole blockchain, Web3, crypto, everything is still like, they're still scared to get into it and stuff like that. So what like what advice would you give them like to start and, and how long do you think it will take for that to change? Like will it still take a long time for countries like Botswana to get this industry or do you feel like it's it's going to change soon. That's my question. Thank you. All right. All right. I, I, uh, I understand. I understand. I really get your uh, your question perfectly well. Well, 
um i know it's actually going to be easy convincing somebody but one thing i love to see is um at first you were ignorant right you never knew what you know today about the blockchain about web about cryptocurrency never knew but the quest to know and the quest to like get the right information from the right source like made you an expert overnight right because you you got to study you got to make research and uh, you got to read articles and here you are today so i believe um at first it was scary because even it takes a whole lot for you to even decide to like say okay i've not decided i've made up my mind i want to get this particular currency be it usdt it takes a whole lot of courage that's why someone will always say the first man who accepted ten thousand bitcoin for a pizza uh, <laughs> took the took the biggest risk to get so at first it's always like that for us but you understand that okay this particular stuff is like this right and um you just keep spreading the information just need to like if you have a little group of people you can reach out to just for you to change the narrative if you're passionate about the crypto gospel right because um we might not reach out to so many people but we having someone like you who already have this knowledge and if you have people who can listen to you you can always change the narrative and start talking to them that's why you get to see before now if you come to africa countries that were very very active in crypto trading you come to talk about nigeria you come to talk about south africa and um, all of a sudden right now you can talk about people from kenya uganda and um people from um um ghana i know one more country in west africa that we yet to conquer is um cameroon so you see the adoption is coming gradually but this um, it takes a whole lot of people to do this, but it takes one person to actually start this movement. I could still remember back then being a campus ambassador for Binance. We go to schools to to give out um, crypto educations. We organize online classes just to talk to people about this stuff. So I believe if you have like-minded people from your region that can also do the same or you can lay the example and just start talking to people about what is blockchain what is bitcoin and they get to understand it will be easy to convince them because so many people don't know because nobody have told them right so many people don't know because nobody have told them so once one person decides to say okay this thing is like this this thing is like this you start changing the narrative all of a sudden when you talk to five people five people get to talk to extra five the gospel is spreading so i think that is just what we need to do it's it will be a gradual stuff. It will be a gradual stuff, but slow but um, slow or steady, definitely, we're going to win the race because everybody can't just wake up one morning and start doing that. But when you talk to somebody, to talk to somebody, definitely to get across the country which you're talking about. So that's just it. Or if you still have a whole lot of people, you can, people who you want them to like, get educated, you can refer them to us. We talk to them. You can still give you guidelines on the host of this program. They are there. You can talk to them. I'm here myself. You can always reach out to me via inbox. I'll always reply if it, since it's Web3 and blockchain-related questions, and I can always do that. And that is one thing we have in common in Chain Africa. Even if you have a different community and you tell us you have these issues in growing your community, we always give out those ideas for free how to manage your community and how to get people going because we just have one goal. We're not profit-oriented. We're not looking for people to come and invest in us, right? But we just want this gospel to go far. That is just it. Thank you so much for that, Olka and Daddy. I think that that does um, answer the question. It also gives us some ideas and help us understand a little more about Chain Africa and its mission. Uh, one one last question, very, very quickly, because I know we're out of time. Uh, of the projects, what are some of the trending projects you see in Africa right now? Uh, do you see, you know, DeFi, GameFi, um, or just TradeFi uh, happening in the, in, in the region? All right, too. At this point, I, you know, in Africa, we have this problem. <laughs> and that particular <laughs> problem is 
is uh, we want to be where the money is, right? So I want to actually tell you, okay, these guys are enjoying this particular aspect. They just get to make a shift. That's why when you see DeFi booming, everyone like wants to know about DeFi. Everybody wants to make money from DeFi and um, the rest of them. So, well, along the line, when you talk about game fight, everybody wants everybody want to play game to make money. Everybody wants to do this. When you talk about NFTs, everybody wants to flip. So it's always where the money is. But at this point, I think everybody's talking about DeFi. Everyone is talking about game fight mostly. And that everybody is talking about NFTs. Of course, NFTs comes in different direction. You see how NFTs you make use of in DeFi. You see how NFTs you make use of in GameFi, and the rest of them pending on the business model and the use cases. So to me, it's always where the it's always where the money is. That is where you see African people. That is just. It. <laughs> All right. I think that that does make a lot of sense, and I I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, you know, with with you being at the center of the advoc- uh, the advocacy happening in the region, that we will see more coming out of uh, out of Africa, more projects, more adoption, more education, uh, and, a, and a more vibrant, stronger system coming out from there. So thank you so much, uh, Allcoin Daddy, for being on the show today. Uh, yep, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed being on the show and sharing your, your thoughts and insights as much as we did listening to them. Yeah, 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 I really do. Thank you guys for having me. I feel like I would say it's a very good day. Yeah, very big thank you to you guys. And uh, I feel so much loved, like coming here to share my story and um, getting to get a whole lot of people listening to me is a thing of joy. At least um, I actually knew a day like this would come where people get to listen to me because, but I never knew to come so soon. Reason being that I have always organize some kind of events and people did not attend i've always wished i could speak in some occasions which i did not get the opportunity to speak and um, here i am today sharing this gospel so i'm so much happy i've dreamt of this day boy i never need to come so soon so uh, thank you i really appreciate well we're, we're glad to have you on the show Alcoin daddy and 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 we will we will certainly be in touch and look how we can you know how Adludum uh, and, and Chain Africa can can do some work together. Definitely, definitely. I'll be, I'll be expecting that. I'll be expecting that. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show today. One quick announcement: uh, you know that Benzinga's having a Web three conference happening in the US. If you are attending that conference there, uh, please remember it's being held in New York. Please remember that you have uh, a gift from Adlunum, and it is if you are buying that ticket, you can get a 20% discount using the code Adlunum20. That's Adlunum20. Uh, use that code when you're booking your ticket, and you'll get a direct 20% discount off the rate. Uh, also, over there is our co founder and CTO, Lawrence Hudson, speaking at that event. Remember to go over, say hi, share some love, give me your thoughts and your ideas, and we can do some more, more stuff together. Show him your support, ladies and gentlemen. All right, with that, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Diving into Crypto. Do remember that we also have a show on Tuesdays called The Future of NFTs, which is hosted by our co-founder, Nathia Besta. It happens at the same time. Speaking of the same time, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you again next week at the same time and the same place. Till then, stay blessed. Keep fighting the good fight. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum. The first engaged to earn platform with a proof of attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 